Hey guys, welcome back to the Velocity Cast. Thanks as always for tuning in. I've appreciated all the comments and the feedback and input from everybody who's been tuning into the show. So this week, I want to talk a little bit about distractions now that we are you know, a couple weeks into the new year now that people are probably starting to struggle with goals and habit formation a little bit. So last week we talked about habit stacking and how to make the implementation of new habits a little bit easier. And this week I want to address distractions. So now that we are getting going, now that we are on this journey, how do we overcome the distractions that seem to be infinite and all around us, especially in the modern world? There are so many notifications and dings and uh, and you know things from our phones and from the environment around us, and it's it's very difficult to do undistracted work. And so there are a few key pieces of this that I think will be helpful for us. Uh, one of the things that, or one of the sources that I pull a lot of information from, is actually from a book by Nir Eyal called Indistractable, uh, which I will put in the show notes. I highly recommend it. I think it's a fantastic book, and it, it puts being distracted in perspective in many ways. And just to dive right in, one of the the first and most important things when it comes to distraction in overcoming distraction is to establish clear goals and clear priorities. So I've talked about this a number of different times on previous episodes. Obviously, we talked a little bit about goals last week, but establishing clear goals or the ideal destination of our efforts is a really important first step. So it's much easier to be distracted when we don't have a focused effort that we're putting forward towards something, right? So if you're just working aimlessly or kind of, you know, going where the tide takes you, you will be much more likely to succumb to distraction in those environments because there isn't a clear end result of your efforts. So figuring out where you want to go and how you want to get there is a great first wave of defense against distractions. Now, from there, we also must prioritize. So we've talked a little bit about this before as far as the evening and morning rituals, but setting priority targets for the day, limiting the number of those targets for the day is very important because we want to be able to focus on a small number of things so that we can put our full effort towards those things. So we probably all have a rather long to-do list. I know I do. But the most important thing is I don't look at that to-do list every day, or I don't look at that full to-do list every day. At night, what I do is I prioritize for the following day, and then I go back through that priority list in the morning. So I may push some items so that they are off in the future or that the reminders come later so that I don't have to even think about them. I do this a lot uh, with an app called Todoist, which I've talked about before, but I'll link in the show notes. This allows me to set future dates for tasks so that I'm not inundated with a long list every day that I look at it, right? I'm able to separate things out and and push things off to another day or another week if I know I won't get to them. And what this allows me to do is really focus my efforts in each day on a smaller number of priorities. So what I have found and what I found to be true with a lot of others who I've spoken with is that if you are dealing with a long, excessively long task list, then it becomes much easier to get distracted. It's easier to procrastinate. It's easier to put things off because that large list becomes intimidating. So 
your best bet or your first line of defense is once you've established your goals, you want to prioritize. So you want to be able to only look at a few key things per day, figuring out an actual priority list each day so that even if you don't get to all of the other things that you need to do, a day can be considered a win if you're able to get your priority tasks done. This has helped me focus my efforts immensely because I'm only worried about a few key things and I'm not worried about all of the outstanding tasks and items that I need to do. So this definitely will let you focus your efforts and make sure that the work that you're doing is going towards a clear goal uh, versus just kind of letting things float through the ether, letting your task list get out of hand and not being able to make any type of substantial progress on any of those items. So first thing I can recommend is to prioritize. Now, once you've prioritized and you have a clear, shorter list of things to focus in on for the day, from there, you want to design your environment to maximize your success. So we all have a limited amount of willpower and discipline on any given day. So I like to think of it as a bank account, right? You start the day with a certain amount of willpower available. And if you spend it all on small tasks or in distracted environments, if you have to really get yourself going in order to accomplish anything, you're going to run out of willpower quickly and you're not going to have it available during the times where you actually needed to get yourself in gear. So if you're working in a distracting or cluttered environment, you are forcing yourself to spend willpower early in order to overcome that environment that is not conducive to you getting things done. So let's say you're working at a cluttered desk or a cluttered workspace. You can't find the things that you need. You're going to be distracted by the sheer amount of stuff that is everywhere and the messiness of that environment. If my desk is cluttered, it's much harder for me to focus on what I need to get done because I have so much other stuff going on around me. Now, the same is true for environmental distractions. So a big one for me is I cannot work with my phone nearby because without thinking about it, I will pick it up to either look something up that I'm thinking about and next thing I know, I'm scrolling through something, either social media or emails or I'm going down another rabbit hole. And anytime that happens, it pulls me away from what actually needs to be done. Now, an interesting fact is when it comes to distraction in general, it takes on average at least 15 minutes to refocus and get back into a space of focused work once you change what you're focusing on. And this doesn't need to be a substantial change, meaning if you're sitting there writing something, like you're writing an article or you're writing, you know, whatever it may be, if you get a notification on your phone and you pick up your phone and you look at it and you address that notification, it's going to take you on average 15 minutes to come back to a place where you can pick up where you left off, so to speak. So it isn't a a simple just switching back and forth and being able to switch from one task to the next. There's actually a substantial amount of inertia that comes with changing from one thing to another. So if your environment is not set up to minimize the amount of distractions that are in your control, you're going to have a very hard time getting into a position of deep work and actually focusing in on anything meaningful because you're at the beck and call of any number of distractions that are there, your phone, another notification. If you have, you know, uh, sound on on your computer and it alerts you anytime you get an email or anything, all of that stuff 
can pull you away from your ability to get anything meaningful done. And so it becomes important for us to set ourselves up for success and try to design our environment such that we're minimizing those distractions. Now, this is something that you may not think about necessarily, but I want you to take some time and actually try to get a better understanding of which environments you work well in. This also doesn't have to be your standard workplace or office, right? I get incredibly uh, deep focused work done in coffee shops. And I don't know if it's the, the white noise of kind of like a city environment or whatever, but some would think that that is actually a distracting and unproductive environment. But I find the opposite to be true where there's that constant level of kind of background white noise that allows me to focus in on what I'm doing. And I'm less likely to be distracted by random stuff. If I were to sit and work in a completely quiet room, then I'm going to be far more likely to be distracted or notice other things or noises than I would be if there's that baseline level of noise. Sometimes this is why working with music on in the background can be helpful. But I would encourage you that, you know, whatever music you listen to is something that will help promote deep focused work. So listening to, you know, your regular playlist with lyrics and songs that you enjoy can can actually be detrimental here because maybe you're the type of person who wants to sing along or you're, you know, without realizing it you're focusing on the lyrics of the song and you're not focused on what you're doing. So things like movie soundtracks, uh, things like video game soundtracks actually are really good because if you think about it, games are designed to have you continue playing them and the music is one element in that. So, you know, finding a background track that is conducive to you being productive is is an important thing. If you do want to listen to noise or music, you can also listen to, to white noise. Um, there are a couple website options that I will put in the, the show notes uh, to, you know, things that you can you can tune on or, or turn on rather to have some white noise in the background. So, you know, like I said, we get in the show notes, I'll, I'll link to indistractable. We'll link to some of this white noise stuff. So you have all of that, um, as options or tools at your disposal, but designing your environment is incredibly important because it's something that you have complete control over for the most part and will help you resist the things that you don't have control over. So we've now, set some goals, we've set some priorities, we've put ourselves in a working environment that is conducive to us actually getting things done. From here, time blocking your calendar is an incredibly effective tool for making you more productive. So, uh, you know, people who don't like blocking out their day tend to make an argument, something along the lines of, well, I want to make sure that I have free time in my calendar. I don't want to make every second of every day accounted for. I don't want to, you know, plug things into every moment of my day because I want to be able to adjust on the fly. Now, the the paradox to that is the less that you block out your calendar, the less control you actually have over it. And so even if you're not the type of person who wants to plan every last detail, you don't have to be. What you can do is you can block open spaces in your calendar. The key is you're reserving them for the things that you want to be doing at that time. So for example, one thing that I do is I block off my workout time every afternoon, same time every day. So I know that that space is reserved for that activity that is important to me. Now I could say, oh, I'll leave it up to, you know, adjustment or whatever. And then there are some days where whether I'm on set filming something or my, my schedule is different or whatever, there are some days where I need to shift my training time. 
But having it in my calendar forces me to think about it. It forces me to prioritize that time for myself. And if for anybody who knows me or has known me for any length of time, if I do not work out consistently, I am a terrible person to be around. It, it affects every other aspect of my life. And so that activity is important enough for me to put specific time on my calendar for it. This can be true of any activity. You can even just block out thinking time. So I know some very successful people who literally build in thinking time or idle time into their day because if they don't, they get bogged down with meetings, with calls, with other decisions, and they never give themselves the time to actually sit and think and make the type of important decisions that they need to make in order to move their lives forward. So the point is not that you're providing extreme structure and rigidity. The point is that you're building in the time and the space for you to do the things that you want to do. So don't look at it as something that's completely set in stone or something that's an absolute rule and law you must follow. But if you can block out the time in your calendar and give it some structure, what I think you'll find is that you actually have a lot more freedom and flexibility than if you don't. So those who let their schedule just be what it is, I I hear this complaint often from these people, especially if they're in roles or positions or careers where people can schedule meetings with them or whatever. If they leave gaps of open time, especially with modern technology, things like Calendly, where people can, you know, book time on your calendar. Um, I have a friend who's a product manager in big tech and, and basically his calendar link is open. People can get time with him when they need it. And if he doesn't build in time for the things that he wants to do, it's very possible that a day that was otherwise open and free will become filled up with meetings and check-ins and all these other things. And so that's something that you want to have the power and control to avoid. And if you block out your day and leave specific times that you want to take meetings or whatever and block out other times that you need for other activities, it will ultimately give you more control over the way that your day flows And when we're talking about getting into bouts of deep work or being able to do focused, important work, you need to give yourself the time to do that. And you will never find that time unless you create it for yourself. So if you're not comfortable blocking out your calendar, I highly encourage you to at least try. And even if you don't do it every day, try a couple days a week of just blocking out time for all of the things you want to do, however small and see if that allows you to adhere to a daily structure that is helpful and meaningful for you. So as an extension of that, once you've blocked out these periods of work, I personally am an easily distracted human. And so I need to create focused work times or use tools to allow me to focus uh, when I am, you know, in these deep work blocks, right? So One thing that I found helpful and I've talked about a little bit before here on the show is using a Pomodoro timer, which essentially roughly is 25 minutes of work, five minutes of rest. And then you repeat that for a set number of intervals and then you get a longer 15 minute rest. Now, I don't use this timer every time I'm doing work. I find it very helpful during deep work periods for me to stay focused. And sometimes I won't adhere to the timer. So for example, if I am editing video or editing film projects to deliver to clients, I find this timer to be incredibly helpful because it keeps me focused. And a lot of times I'll finish that 25 minute work period. I'll, I'll see the alarm go off or, or see the little ding, but I know that I can just work for a little bit longer to finish up whatever I'm doing. And I'll finish up that task and then I'll use that five minute break to, to reset, to refocus. 
So structuring your focused work times can be really helpful to keep you on track. But at the same time, it's important that this doesn't become something distracting. And so for me, uh, I used to use, it was an app called Be Focused Pro or whatever on my phone. And it had a pretty simple interface and it was good. And, you know, I would put do not disturb mode on my phone. I'd use my phone as the timer. But I don't sometimes don't even like having my phone in the vicinity um, especially, you know, if I'm trying to, to focus and get things done. And so what I started to do was to use an app called flow, which I can put in the task bar of my Mac on my laptop and I can see the timer ticking next to the clock, but it isn't distracting. It isn't this giant, you know, thing that's popping up or making noise or whatever. I don't have my phone nearby, so I'm not distracted to pick up and use that phone. So it's a very helpful app for me because it keeps me on track without being distracting. And it also allows me to, you know, keep my phone on do not disturb or put my phone in another room and and not have it affect things. Now you can use a standard like kitchen timer or, you know, wall timer or whatever you want to use in order to do this type of deep work. But keeping yourself working for focus bursts is important. And a strategy that Sahil Bloom has talked about using is essentially starting with a Pomodoro timer. And then as you increase your capacity for deep work you set that timer for longer you create your own custom intervals so i don't necessarily always adhere to the 25 on five off once you get used to working for longer periods and doing focused work then you can set that to an hour or an hour and a half or whatever it may be and you can you know really get into that deep work mode once you're comfortable doing it so like anything else your capacity for focused work increases the more that you do it. So you're not going to go from zero to 60 overnight. You're not going to be able to just start doing focused work if you've never really done it or focused on it or tried to do it before. But as you increase your capacity, you will be able to concentrate for longer periods of time and that timer can increase. So I highly recommend using an app like Flow to start And then you can customize those intervals as you get comfortable doing longer periods of focused work. And so I found that for me, that's a tool that really helps Um, just having that reminder of the timer that I can quickly glance at while I'm already on my computer doing work has been really helpful for me to stay on track during those times when I, I really need to buckle down. And it is just an added reminder to, you know, stay the course and to not allow outside distraction to enter in and pull me away. Now, the last strategy that I'd like to discuss is something that's a a rabbit hole of sorts because you can kind of go down this as deeply as you want to, but cultivating a practice of mindfulness in whatever capacity works for you is an excellent way to increase your ability to focus and to do focused work. So whether we're talking about breath control or meditation or, or something of the sort, all of these practices allow you to focus more deeply and intently on the task at hand. They allow you to be more present and fully present in whatever it is that you're doing. So by cultivating some type of mindfulness practice, you are going to increase your ability to do deep focused work because you're training your brain during that time to resist distraction. So getting better at focused work doesn't just require you to do focused work sitting there and breathing, counting your breath, learning some type of mindfulness meditation or transcendental meditation, any of these practices have been shown to have a positive effect 
on the brain and its ability to resist distraction. So if you want to get better at doing deep focused work, if you want to be able to resist distractions in your life day to day, then I highly, highly encourage you to practice some type of breathing or meditation. And one thing I want you to keep in mind when you start a practice, especially if you've never done any type of mindfulness activity before, it can be very frustrating, especially for the type A people in my life who I have encouraged to practice meditation because you're used to trying to succeed or win at what you're doing. And when it comes to meditation, there's no winning. You know, it's it's a practice that is, it's a lifelong journey. There's no end point. But more importantly, I found people to get very frustrated when they find themselves getting distracted. So part of mindfulness is, and part of meditation is being able to recognize when your thoughts are getting pulled away and when you're getting distracted. And that's when people tend to get frustrated and discouraged. But what I would encourage you to think about, and this is something that, that, that I read long ago that had a large impact on how I perceive mindfulness, is think of every time that you recognize distraction and then come back from it as being a rep. So just like in the gym, you know, every squat that you do is a rep of squats. Think of that returning from distraction as being a rep of mindfulness practice. And that can help you, especially if you're type A, reframe something that could otherwise be potentially frustrating as something that has long-term benefit because you're getting that repetition and that practice in. So if we think about all of, you know, these tools, mindfulness is definitely one that might be harder to see an immediate benefit from. Um, One Uh, I guess, gateway drug, if you will, to mindfulness and meditation is a breathing practice. I find breathing to be much more approachable for most people. So I do have an entire episode on breathing and breathing techniques, which I will also link in the show notes. So there's going to be about a million and one things that I put in the, the notes for this episode. But In that breathing episode, we talked about a few specific practices to help with focus. Uh, One of them is box breathing, which I would highly encourage you to do. We also talked about the double inhale as bringing a way to kind of calm down and focus. So definitely listen to that episode if you haven't already for specific breathing practices. And a lot of times with many people, I find a breathwork practice to be a little bit more approachable than meditation at the outset. And then once you get comfortable breathing regularly or or focusing on your breathing regularly, you may find that it's easier to then transition to a mindfulness or uh, meditation practice. So to review kind of everything that we've discussed, right? If you find yourself being distracted, if you find difficult and uh, or if you find it difficult to do focused work, I would encourage you to one, establish clear goals and priorities. So figure out what you want to work on and figure out how to prioritize your actions each day. From there, try to design your environment so that you are not fighting uphill, right? We all have a limited amount of willpower and you want to stack the deck in your favor as much as you can when it comes to doing focused work. So make sure you're working in an environment that is conducive for you being productive. From there, learn to time block your calendar or experiment with it if you haven't done it before. Try to actually block out different times of day for different activities and that will allow you to focus in and get more done with the time that you have while you're working, right? Using a Pomodoro timer at first, like the Flow app or something to channel you into focused work periods. And then as you accumulate experience and you practice doing focused work, you can increase that duration. So you can increase the amount of time that you're sitting there and focusing. And I I think an umbrella strategy for getting better at all of this stuff is to 
ultimately work on a breathing or a mindfulness or a meditation practice. So all of that stuff will be incredibly helpful for you on this journey. So as always, if you have questions, you can reach me at TrainRight on Instagram or Twitter. You can email me justin at trainright.com. I love the feedback. I love the questions. I love the input. Uh, and if there's anything you want to hear about in a future episode or a future newsletter, definitely let me know. Uh, but until next time, have a wonderful weekend.